How you doing? This is Vinnie Mad Dog Lopez. And when I'm not singing or playing my drum, I love listening to Set Lusting Bruce. Oh, yeah. A few years ago, I was lucky enough to get an interview with Vinnie Mad Dog Lopez. He was um, nice enough to set up some time. We talked. We spent a lot of time talking about his music, his love of drumming. We did not spend a lot of time talking about him leaving the band because when I was talking to him before we hit record, he mentioned that that's all anyone ever wants to talk about. And I decided that as a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame member, he deserves uh, to talk about other things. So today is Mad Dog's birthday. He turned 71. That's right, January 22nd. Um, the man, the original drummer for the E Street Band, turned 71. So in honor of that, I'm going to replay or going to reissue my interview I had with Vinny. I hope you enjoy it. And be sure and wish Vinny a happy birthday on social media. So, hey, keep drumming, keep playing, and keep hope alive, Vinny. We love you. Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. And today we're taking a little side trip that is Bruce Springsteen and especially E Street Band related, but we're going to do a little twist. It's our 100th episode, and to celebrate, I am honored to have New Jersey rock and roll royalty joining me. Founding member of the E Street Band and member of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, the one, the only, Vinny Lopez. Welcome, Vinny. Hey, thanks for having me, Jesse. It's very cool. Yeah, thanks. Um, you know, this is, and we're going to talk a little about this, but it is, I, I, it must be just really a wonderful experience. You just were at the Seaside Serenade where we had all these Springsteen and New Jersey music fans all there and it so many people had pictures taken with you uh it looks like you were having a blast oh i did i did have a blast and you know for me it wasn't only people from new jersey there there was people from all over the place and uh, they're all so nice and they're very interested in in really you know what happened in those early days around the town there you know and like uh, like I remember on the tour, we were standing on a, the corner of Fourth Avenue and Kingsley, and they were talking about 
you know, Bon Jovi and Bruce at the fast lane and this and that. And I went, well, you know, right here, this vacant lot. That's where I first, you know, started playing the drums with Buzzy Lubinsky. You know, I mean, the Lincoln Hotel was there. We did teenage dances in the Lincoln Hotel. The Candy Cane Lounge was in underneath the uh, the Lincoln Hotel. Bill ba- Bill Haley and the Comets played there. Oh, Bill Black wow. and his orchestra played there. The, the coffee house around the corner, right on Kingsley, was known as the Espresso House. Well, Melanie used to play there. We all used to go to, you know, we couldn't get in. We were kids. Well, you could certainly stand outside and hear these bands playing. Across the street from there was the, the Jefferson Hotel, where late nights after the Pony was closed, you know, 3 o'clock in the morning in the old days, we'd all go to the Jeff because the bar would stay open till 5, 6 in the morning. Till, and, and, you know, the cops never came. Everything was cool. You know, but those, th- those places aren't there anymore. Right. So that's the kind of thing I tried to do on the tour was just enlighten people about other things that were right there. It's just not all about Bruce and Bon Jovi, you know. Absolutely. Really there's, there's tons of other stuff. And just so my listeners will know, um, Vanny and I talked about, and um, I don't know, if, if he has a good enough time, maybe he'll join me again and we'll do a more E Street Central, you know, focused interview. But I told Vinny I wanted to talk about him and his musical journey um, the same way I would have any of my guests that we kind of talk about their personal journey and experience with music. So um, if you're expecting dirt or, um, <laughs> un- or, or, or the top secret s- stories of, well – what is Gary Talent really like? Uh, we're not. That's not this episode. We may get him if Vinny has a good enough time. We may do another one, but today we're going to talk uh, to the man. So I always like going to the beginning. Um, I'm about ten years uh, younger than you, um, but my family were, you know, to steal a Bruce Brother joke. My family listened to both kinds of music, country and western. Uh, yep, mine too. Yeah, my dad was in uh, was born um, in Tennessee, lived most of his time in Ohio. My mom grew up in Louisiana, and that's where they met. He was stationed at Fort Polk, Louisiana, and um, country and western was predominantly though my mom did love Fats Domino and Bobby Darren and a few other you know early Jerry Lee Lewis and other you know early rock and rollers um my dad hated Elvis in fact one of my and I promise I'm going to get to a question but I just you know once he said I'm going to go find an I want to get a copy of Peace in the Valley that isn't sung by GD Elvis Presley uh, so <laughs> so Vinny, what did you listen to as a, you know, your family? Were they musical? Were they, did they, was there music in the house? Yes. Uh, my, my grandfather actually played the banjo and the piano. My father played the harmonica a little bit and he, and he started playing a little bit of guitar. Uh, one of my earliest recollections really is when we lived in Neptune, uh, outside of Asbury Park there. Uh, and I, I would, I was a kid, you know, eight years old, and I had to go to school in the morning. But my brother had a bunch of his friends over the house, and they all had guitars, and they were all sitting in the living room singing, you know. So I snuck out of my bedroom and went down the hall a little bit and stuck my head in there and listened for a while, and I got caught and had to go back to bed, you know. But but that kind of thing always went on. Now, when I first started playing uh, the drums, my father was very... Uh, my mother and father were separated. They, you know, I lived with my grandparents really, but it, my father would take me to gigs. Oh, how fun! You know, and uh, and do stuff. You know, I mean, because he, you know, he didn't. He loved it. He thought it was. He thought it was a great thing. You know, and uh, just I'll give you a little tidbit about my father. Okay, now he was the first one of any of us that ever met Bruce Springsteen. Oh, interesting. When, when I. When I was a when I was a kid, we had a band called Sonny and the Starfires. Okay. Okay, and we play we played at Mammoth Shopping Center, and we opened for uh, Jerry Lee Lewis there. We opened for uh, the Bo Brummels there. We uh, 
uh, open for this uh, Dave Garraway chimp, uh, J. Fred Muggs, <laughs> was the yeah. headliner a lot. When yeah. We opened for this monkey, you know. But we went up, our, our agent slash manager uh, took us to New York City to do a demo. And in those days, there wasn't tape, or there wasn't any of that. It was you, you recorded your demo right on an acetate, yes. right on a record, okay? And it was soft, so you really couldn't play it a lot. But anyway, we got a few copies of that, and my father had a copy of that. And he lived in a trailer park out, out towards Freehold. And uh, I think Bruce's aunt lived in the same trailer park. Okay. And he was walking by my father's trailer one day, and he was playing that Sonny and the Starfires uh, acetate. And Bruce came up to him and said, yeah, that's good. Who's, who's playing that music, you know? So my father goes, oh, that's my son, Biddy, and Sonny and the Starfires, you know. And uh, since that day, I think Bruce went because he liked the way Sonny was playing guitar. So oh, how fun. he used to come and hear, hear Sonny play. And we didn't know Bruce was in the audience listening to Sonny play. Right. You know, but that's that's what Bruce does. And to this day, Sonny and Bruce are very good friends, you know. Yeah. But that's just a little tidbit about my father. And like later on now. My father got really hurt in, a, in an accident, mm-hmm. and uh, he's in a wheelchair. But he would always hang, he lived in Asbury. He was always on the boardwalk. And whenever Bruce did his uh, shows, uh, my father would be out in the wheelchair, and somebody from Bruce's crew would come out and give my father the shirt, the hat, the credentials, bring him in, you know, mm-hmm. to the rehearsals, to anything that was going on. Bruce always took care of my father. Oh, that's you know, a lovely that's, uh, story. That's, that's just something, you know, that I'll, 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 I can't ever forget. I mean, Bruce, yeah. is very kind like that. You know, I, I have to ask this question. My, my wife's brother, uh, Ralph, is um, about your age, and he played in a band during high school and college. He was a drummer, and um, my father-in-law. God rest his soul, would take them to gigs. He would load up the you know, the stuff in the car and bring them to him. But it was a sore point with Ralph. Is that, um, Ray Carroll, which is my father's name, always made him report the money they made oh. to the IRS. Oh, and Ralph's like, I'm the only 17 year old garage band drummer that's having to report that I made 50 bucks at a a, a CYO dance to the IRS. Right. And cash. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, wait, what are you kidding? Um, so give me a check, I'll report a check. Exactly. Uh, so I, I just, I, I, but I love that when your family's supportive and, and they want to be there for you. And that's great. Um, yeah, my whole family yeah. supported what I was doing back in those days. Yeah. Um, you know, I, to get ready for this, I, I watched, I rewatched you accepting um, the acceptance speech at the rock and roll hall of fame. And later in the interview, I want to talk about that night and share with you and kind of sure. have you share your emotions, but you talked about, I thought it was really special you spent your time talking about the people who helped influence you and helped you along your journey. Um, and if you don't mind, would you mind repeating the story about how you fell in love with the drums and decided that was your once in future, you know, destiny? Sure. Uh, well, you know, first of all, when I, when I was a kid, you know, and I was in third grade, uh, I got in a drum and a bugle corps. I didn't play the drums. Okay. I played a, I played a bugle. Interesting. And, uh, you know, I, I marched in many, many competitions with the Shoreliners, Neptune, New Jersey, via, you know, uh, VFW thing. And, uh, but I played the bugle. But there was guys there, uh, the Abel brothers, they were. It was Peter uh, and John Abel. Uh, and they were both the drummers. They were drummers in the band, you know. So one time Dieter says, hey, come on over to my house, you know. Uh, and I go to his house, and there's a drum set set up. And it was beautiful, you know. Another thing happened to me. Um, I went to my cousin Ralph's house. And uh, he's old, a little older than me. But I went to his house. 
Now I'm a kid and I walk in and there's a drum set set up and it's glistening and it's not, it was beautiful. You know, I, I didn't sit down and play it cause I didn't have any clue. So now I'm getting to eighth grade in high school and, uh, my friend who is my doctor today, his name's Augie Rioli. And I, in fact, I went to him today. I just saw him. Uh, he says, Hey, you know, they're having these teenage dances. We went to Holy Spirit School in Asbury Park. Okay, I lived in Neptune, mm-hmm. took a bus down to Asbury. But he says they're having teenage dances on Thursday nights, and well, let's go to one. It's over here at the USO on Sewell Avenue. So we, I said, yeah, okay. So we waited till the thing was going to start, and it was like you know early because it was teenage dance. So it was a Thursday night. So we're walking over, and you could hear the music playing because Buzzy played drums along with records. Buzzy Lebinsky. Wow. And I'm, we're walking down the street and I'm saying to Augie, I said, I thought you said it was like a guy playing records. That sounds like a band. We went up the stairs and sure enough, there's all the kids in there and through the kids, you could see Buzzy over there on his full drum set. He had two turntables. He had headphones on. He'd cue the records up while he's playing the other record. He's, he could play with one hand. Cue the records up, go back to playing. When that song was over, he pushed another button, and this record would start spinning all 45s. And right there, I went, holy mackerel, that, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. So I went up and started talking to Buzzy. You know, he gave me a job, like, helping him clean up afterward, bringing the records to his car, uh, you know, setting the, bringing the drums out, sweeping up the USO club. But soon I started going to all these other teenage dances with him and doing mm. the same thing. So every once in a while, he'd say, look, I got I to gotta go do something, you know. And uh, I, he'd give me the drumsticks. Now, I had no idea. He showed me how to hold the drumsticks. And all I did was flounder around and play along with records. You know, just one here, one there. But then I got myself a bunch of records, and I got myself a practice pad. And I started playing what I heard on those records, just trying to keep that beat that I was hearing. Uh, when I was in drum and bugle corps, I played my yeah. bugle along with Elvis Presley. You know, yes. I mean, you know, you asked what I had listened to in the old world. Elvis first record I ever bought was the Mule Skinner Blues. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that kind of and the Beach Boys. I love the Beach Boys. So, <sighs> but that's how I really learned how to play the drums. Yeah. And not long after that, I was in a band with Sonny Ken. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, playing. So, you know, it, it's something, and I, and I never really formally took any lessons. I just uh, picked it up. I just persevered and picked it, but with a practice pick, because there was no way I could have a drum set in my house. Right. And then once once I got uh, once I got going with the band, actually, uh, we got a little drum set. My grandmother and grandfather got me a drum set. So, oh. and my uncle, my uncle Joe actually bought me my first drum set, real drum set, which was a Ringo set, Bloodwigs. Uh, it wow. Was beautiful. Very nice. Yeah. Um, I wanted to go back. Um, I'm a huge Beach Boy fan as well. I, I love Brian Wilson, and there is such a joy in that music. Any special songs? You mentioned Elvis, but any special Beach Boy songs that you just have stuck with you that you still love to this day? Well, I just, I just, not, not really. Uh, okay. not surfer Girl. You know, I mean, yeah. you know, you, you like all that stuff. And uh, through, you know, growing up and then getting, hooking up with, like, Tinker and all of that, Tinker built surfboards, we all started yeah. surfing. It was like, I went, oh, wow, this is it. This is what I was, this is what I was into these years ago. And, oh, how funny. You know, it made, made me feel, you know, made me feel pretty good. You know, there was a lot of stuff like that that went on with me. But uh, the Beach Boys, uh, I, I was really into uh, I had a tape recorder. I had a reel-to-reel tape recorder. So I was into taping things that were on the TV that I knew were going to come on. Okay. You know, and, and having uh, uh, like what, I, like I, it was just an early childhood memory of mine. Uh, Jerry Lewis replaced, I think it was Jack Parr on the Tonight Show mm-hmm. years ago. Right, and uh, he was he was doing this thing, uh, one hen, two ducks, three squawking geese. So I got out my tape recorder and I recorded that, 
And then I listen to it over and over again. Now I can say the whole thing verbatim, and it's a test that you give that I could give people to see how far they can go in this in this test. But I still know that today from when I was a kid because I'm a tape recorder. I actually recorded the boxing match where uh, uh, who was it? Uh, Benny Kid Perret got killed by uh, uh, oh man, why can't I think of it right now? But I had that on tape, you know just the sound yeah <laughs> but but i was interested in that kind of stuff we we used to have boxing matches in my living room my grandfather got me some boxing gloves and oh, all the kids from the neighborhood would come fun. over and he'd be the referee and we had big fat gloves and we'd knock each other silly <laughs> <laughs> you know i i didn't record much of the tv but i would have my cassette player next to the am radio and would try to record some of my favorite songs so that I could hear them again. Um, so I, I, you are bringing back very happy memories of that. Um, yeah, well, you got you, yeah, you to do something like that when you're a kid. You right, know, absolutely. school or... Yeah. <laughs> um, so I wanted to kind of move on. You're, obviously, you've started uh, performing and in. Uh, for school dances, and if you were like Ralph, he played anywhere they would have them, <laughs> you know. Um, well, we were we were we were selective because not oh. everybody every, not everybody wanted us. <laughs> so, <laughs> so when we found some place, we stuck roots in there, and uh, like uh, for instance, we became the house band at the Hullabaloo Club in Asbury Park. Oh, you know, nice. we were the house band there. We auditioned, and they said, "Yeah, you guys are good," you know. So. We'd open for uh, different bands that came through there uh, that that were more name bands, less yeah. like Dusty West, the Vagrants. You know, they played their uh, NRBQ. You know, they were called uh, the Five of Us or something in the, mm-hmm. in the early days. They weren't NRBQ, but stuff like that. But we would also play there, and, and we had to learn a lot of songs to play in that place because it was four sets a night. Yes. It was 55 on and five minutes off. Wow. Four sets, 55 and five. But during the five, I was the drummer. It was hullabaloo. I had to keep the beat. Right. So everybody else got to take a break. So but not I you. Didn't, and they, they, would, they would bring me my soda you know, uh-huh. and stuff that I was drinking over. You know, like they, yeah. I remember they had the, the root beer. They had ginger ale. They had Coke. Cola, they hit orange soda. Right. They say, well, "What do you want?" I say, "Just spill all of them in there." Suicide <laughs> is what we ki- we kids used it, yeah. to call it. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to give me them all. Yeah, know? I was going to ask you, Vinny, what what were the must songs you you had to know and to kind of you know you knew that that the kids wanted to hear those songs. What were they? Well, we did Chuck Berry. Yeah. Okay, we we did uh, some Rolling Stones. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, to to us that was like we didn't do a lot of Beatles. We did we did the other stuff. We did uh, we actually did Bo Brummel songs. Like when we opened for Bo Brummel's, that Mama Shane said that they they really hated us because we did one of their songs. You know, but we did uh, Jerry Lee. We mm-hmm. did stuff like that. Sonny was into Bill Black combo, so we okay. did you know some stuff from that. We didn't necessarily do what was, you know, the kids wanted to hear. Uh, actually, you know, because I, I was fired from the from Bruce's band, but I was also the very first audition I went to was fired because I wouldn't do wipeout. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, you know, I set up the drum. Buzzy lent me his drum set. We went over, we set it up. I'm doing it to kind of do the audition, and it was Billy Chinnick. Mm-hmm. And Danny Federici, okay, with the sure. storytellers, they were making a band, and I was auditioning to be their drummer. So Chinnick goes, "Okay, do white. We're going to do wipeout." I said, uh, "Come on, I sing. I want to. Cause I was, I've been singing since I was a little kid in grammar school. Right. I want to sing background and play. You know." He goes, "No, you got to do wipeout. Everybody wants to hear wipeout. You know, this was his thing. Everybody wants to hear wipeout." I said, "Well." I want to sing and play. Because we're going to do Wipeout. You did do Wipeout or, or leave? I said, I'll leave. So, oh, how fun. I, 
the very first time I ever auditioned for a band, I was fired. Well, (laughs) you know, you've kind of answered one of my questions later, as I was going to ask, you know, back in the day, was there a song you were tired of playing and you just didn't want to hear? So we have at least one, Wipeout, right? Yeah. Otherwise, you know, I don't don't mind. I, I don't mind doing any song to this day, as long as it do it good. Okay. You know, I, I don't care. I don't care what song it is, a slow one, a fast one, a, you know, whatever, whatever it is. You know, if somebody asked me to do a song, if I can do it, I do it. And I don't care Okay. Uh, which one it is. And and I know I never get tired of playing. You know, I play with a few tribute bands uh, around and I never get tired of doing those old songs, the old Bruce songs that I play on. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's just. You know, it's music. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, it's it's very simple. I mean, we used to do the Looney Tunes theme. You know what I mean? So yeah, uh, anything anything is on the table. So very that's cool. Just the way you got to do it. So Vinny, I'll kind of this is dealer's choice, but is there any specific maybe live performance memories you have that you might want to share with uh, our audience? Um, you know, you've kind of talked about, you know, some of your early stages where you're playing the dances. But as you, you know, kind of move forward in your career, both with Bruce and afterwards, you know, are, is there or maybe I, I, you know, you see that you've done, you know, sometimes they've had you on stage and you've played. So during your wide career, is, is there a few that stand out that you go, wow, that was a really special night? Well, um, there's there's a few to stand out in my in my mind. One uh, in particular was uh, we were when I first hooked up with with Bruce and Little Vinny and and Federici, uh, we had a band called Child, and we did a concert in the park <clears throat> that had a whole bunch of bands in it, you know, regular one of those things. And but the very next show we did, we were invited to play on the backs steps of Monmouth College at Wilson Hall, which is, it, the steps go down, it opens into this big, beautiful field, and, you know, now there's buildings there, it's not the same as it was, but the steps are still there, but we set up everybody, yeah. and there was a few bands in this, now there was probably three, maybe four hundred people at this show, and they were all sitting down the bottom of the stairs, and all the other bands were playing on top of the stairs, and as soon as we came up after the other bands, it was our turn. As soon as, and this was like our set, the second gig we ever played, uh, we were setting our stuff up. And all the people got up. Well, I mean, every one of them, and got up as close as they could to us. We actually looked at each other and went inside the building because we didn't know what they were doing. Wow. We didn't know what the people, we got, we got scared. Mm-hmm. So we went inside the building and, and Tinker came and said, what are you guys doing? Come on, we got to get set up. We got to play the show, you know? So we set up, but all the people came right up. And that's the way it was when we played shows. You know, people would just want to get in close. And I tell you the truth, uh, I really like it when yeah. people are right in close. I really, really like it. Cause now I can actually look at somebody and communicate with them. Uh, the show we just did at the Stone Pony, we uh, Dog Whistle with Ollie Whistler and John Sebastian and Bryce and, and uh, Gary Cavco. Gary's band was all set up on the stage. So we set up right in the front. And I only play my snare uh, with my monster brushes and I yeah. sing, you know. But the people were right there. And it was the coolest feeling that there is because, you know, you could, you could just talk to somebody. Hey. I like that a lot. And the people, I think, got a kick out of that, too. Uh, I, you know, I can imagine just that feeling, that intimacy. Um, you know, as you get the clubs bigger and the stadiums and arenas and such, it is harder and harder to have a connection. Um, well, you can't even see the people. You know, you play, right. you know I'll, go, I'll go and play with Bruce, like in Philly. You know, mm-hmm. uh, last time, you know, but I, I, when you're on the drums back there and the lights are pounding you, you can't really see the people. Right. But now when I was with Bruce in Philly, he brought me out front. I sang on the front mic with him. 
That's nice. And now you get an idea of what's going on. Right. You know, but you're still, you know, 40 feet away from the front row. Yeah. You know, they're, they're way over there. So, you know, it's, it can't be intimate, you yeah. know, with, with, with Bruce now, you know, yeah. the way it is. Uh, but even like at the Paramount or you play, uh, like when I go on light of day tours, we play a lot of small little venues where people are right on top of you. But right. then there's the ones where you play in this opera house and they're way over there. Mm-hmm. And it, to me, it becomes harder to, to, for me to get it across when you, when you're so far away. I like, you know, I, I, I can do my thing when I'm right up close and natural with people. Um, yes, I agree. And I, I would have loved to seen that with just, the snare drum and the brushes and um i i was lucky enough to um a local singer songwriter sarah hickman once did that she had a guitar and um a guy had a bass and then the only it was only a snare drum and i was amazed at how much how much percussion and how you know between the brushes and the sticks and kind of working how much diversity he could do without this, you know, big old drum kit. And so I, I, I can think that would be a blast to do that. No, it is. To me, it is. To me, it is. Because people go, how do, you, how do you make it sound like all them beats? I just do the beat, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's no no big deal. There's backbeats there. I can do that. But the other stuff, I can ima- I'll make you imagine that there's a symbol there. You, know? <laughs> you don't have to. It don't yeah. have to be there. But you're going to think there is yeah. just because of the way I do it. That's a, you know, that's sometimes wonderful. I come funny, you know, I'll, I'll go and I have a lick and I got to go boom on the symbol, you know, and I'll, go, and I'll just do it. But there's no symbols there. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. But I, I, stamp, I stamp my feet and I do stuff, you know, yeah. like running in place. <laughs> sure. Um, so over the years, is there been, you know, favorite bands or albums or songs that you've gone? Yeah, that's something pretty special. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. We, I mean, the whole bunch of us, uh, like I said, in the, in the old days, uh, we used to listen to, I'd go to Sonny's house and we'd listen to Bill Black mm-hmm. and we'd listen to, uh, you know, Jerry Lee and we'd listen to Chuck Berry. So we had a, a handle on how to play it ourselves, you know, Yeah. Uh, when the Rolling Stones came around, you know, that we, we, we liked them. We listened to all those British bands, you yeah. know, the Beatles. We listened to them, you know, Sonny, we didn't do any real Beatles, but there, I had a band called the moment of truth and Gary talent was in that band. We did the whole Sergeant Pepper album. Yeah. You know, I mean, so, you know, you go through your gambit, but guess what you got to do to do that? You got to listen. And yes. we liked to, we did, we did revolver and we did all of those, you know, Beatles yesterday Are you still there, Vinny? You know, now okay. uh, yeah. I'd like to go see uh, another Jimmy Buffett show, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Because I, I like Jimmy Buffett, you know? I uh, do. I, I, I enjoy uh, some of these Zydeco guys that don't ask me their names because I don't know, but they right. come up every once in a while and I'll go hear their band because it's great, you know? And I got uh, a ton of guys now that I, uh, when I go places they also oh you're gonna play a song you know so i you know i played if there's no drum set there and they're just a guitar player i get a tambourine and i can certainly sing right along with them you know and and i enjoy that too i enjoy that i I can't really have my drum and no microphone in front of me right absolutely gotta have a microphone absolutely um yeah oh that's wonderful thanks um and I, just a couple more questions because I didn't want to take sure. you too long, but this has been so much fun. I will ask this, and I kind of told you I was. Is there a song that you wished you – or an album you wished you could have played on? Um, you've certainly moved on and had a very um, satisfying you know, musical life and everything, but when you see some of the work that Bruce or – little Steven or other people, you know, in the band have done, is there something you go, yeah, I would have liked to have been on that album or I would have liked to do drums on that song. I would have liked to have been on all of them. Okay. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> but, but I'm not, so yeah. I, don't, I don't care about that. Okay. I, you know, like, like, uh, when, 
like it was a couple of years after I was out of the band and Max yeah. was the drummer. And uh, it was a show at the Garden, Madison Square Garden, they were doing. Yeah. And uh, I was backstage, and it was after the show, and there was Max mm-hmm. and his wife and Penny Marshall and Peter Marshall. Okay. And there was there was a few other people standing there, and then I, I went up to Max, you know, and I said, hey, man. And I'm in with you, and I said, look, I said, Max, I got to tell you. You were great tonight. The drums were pounding, and I could hear every lick you were doing. It was it was wonderful. He goes, "I should be great. I'm doing all your licks." <laughs> what a great line! That is Max wonderful. Max says to me, you know, Max says to me. So, to me, you know, because like I go play with these tribute bands. Now I don't play on all of that stuff. Right. But now the one the guy will go, "Oh, you know, Dancing in the Dark." I go, "Count it off." Let's go. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't care. The, I, I played in this. Well, I went to this. Uh, I was actually in a. Uh, it's called. What was it called? Uh, but it, but you know, it's where uh, all of the sci-fi people get together and, and, okay. and like Shatner's there. All these yeah, guys like a science fiction convention. Sci-fi. Yeah. Yeah, like a convention like that. Yeah. But they had Alice Cooper, uh, me. They had a few people, you know, sign and stuff. Yeah. But anyway, Alice Cooper's. Uh, one of his bands that back him up sometimes was there. So they said, Oh, you're going to come and do a, do a song with us or two. I said, sure. No problem. Now there's like a thousand people there listening yeah. to the band. They said, uh, do you know this song? And I even forget what song they asked me. And I said, count it off. Yeah. <laughs> I never heard it before. Yeah, but I'll figure it out. It. I, I, it's I, real simple. <laughs> you know, I, Vinny, I think that is the thing that fascinates me the most whether it's the Bruce or just a bunch of people, um, you know, I my my niece is in you know is in a band, her husband, and and I'm amazed when they go um, just start it and I'll figure it out, you know, and and I, I just there's a gift to that that us non musicians don't understand. It, it's like um, yeah, just start talking in French and I'll pick it up and I'll be able to uh, converse in that language. And we're like, how do you do that? And it's just in our mind, it's magic. Past year, we, we uh, go to Europe and uh, we were playing in Germany and one of the fellas. On my snare, but he starts singing he's from Amsterdam, so he's singing in Dutch. Yeah. I never heard his song before or never spoke Dutch before, but he came up to me afterwards and he goes, I didn't know you knew Dutch. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I, I didn't either until we started doing that song. Oh, that's amazing. But but, but I, I can... I, I, I guess what you what would you call it? I I can uh, I mimic okay. what I'm hearing. That makes sense. You know, I wouldn't be actually saying the exact maybe words, mm-hmm. but it sure sounds like I am. Yeah. And as far as harmony's going, as long as I'm hitting the right notes, there you and, go. Uh, and singing along, everybody's listening to him. They're not really listening to me because I'm just doing this background thing. But it's certainly he certainly liked it. So. That's awesome. You know, listening to you, Vinny, you can tell singing is your true love. I mean, it is. Yeah, more than drumming, just you love singing. I it you know, um it reminds me a little bit of the Harry Chapin song Mr. Tanner. He says he did not know how well he sang, he just know it made him whole. And I get that feeling from you that just Give me a mic and let me sing, and I'll make a joyful noise. And, and I think I that's amazing. I, I I enjoy it. I enjoy it immensely. That's good. And there's one one of my dreams is to be one of the girls at a Jimmy Buffett concert. <laughs> <laughs> we should reach out to Jimmy, saying, "Hey, come on, help a brother out." <laughs> I want to go up there and sing. Yeah. <laughs> So I'd like That's to I I'd like to end with if you could just in share with <laughs> us kind of 
when you found out that you were going to be inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and and how that made you feel and how magical was that night. I I just would love to hear your perspective of that. I'm telling you, if I was ever lucky enough to get in something like that, I, I would be like, hi, I'm Jesse Jackson, member of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. <laughs> so I just want to hear your kind of thoughts and how it went for you. Well, well, you know, like I found out because um, Bruce was in, you know, and I yeah. Pete, I've gone to a few of the Hall of Fame shows with Bruce. You know, okay. He'll bring me along. And uh, when he was inducted, you know, I didn't get to play or anything, but that's fine. I, we were all there. Mike was sitting with Mike Appel and, you know, all the fellas. And then uh, now it's years later, uh, I get a, a you know text message. Hey, you're getting inducted into the, it was from Landau, you know. You're getting mm-hmm. inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You're going to, people will be in touch. And I went holy christ you know that's really something and then the the process starts and of course the curators of the hall of fame they want stuff you know they they want stuff for the hall of fame so the curator came over my house and uh, there were certain things i wasn't giving up like my snare drum the same snare drum i did the albums with i'm Mm -hmm. I'm still playing on it right Uh, like that when i when i croak you know maybe they can have it if my daughter wants to go okay you know but uh, but now that, that, that whole problem, then I went out there and uh, I, I didn't, you know, I just went out there and invited us to come see the hall, me and, me and Dawn. So we went out there and now while I'm there, they, they had this whole like radio interview set up with all of, you know, 200 people in this room and, uh, I'm doing that, you know, and, and, and now the show comes. And it was like, you know, you get picked up in the limo and they, you got your beautiful room and they're having a before dinner and then after dinner. And, you know, I mean, it's just so much to do. And then the actual show, you know, it only lasts for 15 minutes. You know, right. you, you, you spend all the time preparing for the show. And then it only lasts for 15 minutes. The speeches lasted for a long time right. because it was 10 of us giving speeches, you know, and David Sanchez, he, he quite, uh, he spoke for a long time. My, my speech, I tried to keep it to a minute. Yeah. You know, I really did. I just tried to keep it to a minute because I, you know, I kind of had an idea that it was going to run over. And, and, uh, and Bruce but, was a long introduction too. You know, he yeah. took a lot of time, and it was very beautiful what he said. Um, I, I was wondering how much did you work on your speech? You know, you certainly. Oh, I sat down. I okay. sat down and thought about it, and then I said, you know, all I want to do is give homage to these guys. Yes. Sunny, Sunny Kent, Bill Chinnick, Buzzy, Tinker. You know these guys that really helped me along. Yeah. I'm a drummer. I'm a drummer. Uh, these are, these are the songwriter guys, right? These are the guys that, that, that do the stuff. I backed them up. You know, I was honored to be standing there and, uh, you know, it's, it, it, it's quite a, it's quite a thing. I'm not nervous ever in front of a crowd. Right. I, I don't care. I'm, I could be, a, a, a politician probably because mm-hmm. I'm not afraid to, to stand there and talk and, and yes, say sir. something. But on my, you know, on my speech, I thought about it and then I just went about the history of what I was, was thinking about. And the very first person that I mentioned, not because he was the first person I played with was Bruce. Yeah. <laughs> I did that on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know. But, yeah, I did think about the speech and you know, the Hall of Fame people said, Hey, keep try and keep it around a minute, you know. Yeah. So that's exactly what I did because 'cause I'm a if they say 'cause my motto now is yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> you uh, know, yeah. you know, but yeah. but now since the Hall of Fame, I mean, it's pretty amazing. Now I I play in these golf tournaments. Wow. I do all kinds of different things. That that I wouldn't be doing if right. it wasn't for the Hall of Fame. You know, like this year, I'm going out and playing in Joe Madden's golf tournament out in, in Chicago. You know, oh how fun! And 
Yeah, and now here's something. Yesterday, yeah, I, I've been caddying for a pro for 30 years. Right. Okay. Mark McCormick, his name is. Well, we went up to New York State and uh, into a qualifier for the U.S. Senior Open. Okay. And we shot we shot 67. We're the medalists. We won the tournament, and now we're going to Boston in two weeks to play in the U.S. Senior Open with Tom Kite and all nice. that. Nice. Oh, it's to me that's another incredible whole part of my my life that yeah. I wouldn't give up for anything. Just the caddy and for Mark. That is, and how many years have you done that? For him, yeah, thirty years. Now, how did that start? Well, I was I worked at Hollywood Golf Club. Yeah. Uh, as a caddy, I did a whole bunch of stuff there, but he was a young guy. He was an assistant over at Deal Country Club, and they would come over, and uh, I met him, you know, and I he said, hey, uh, I got a Monday qualifier. You want to try and caddy for me? I said, sure, you know, and I'd, I'd caddy for him, and he didn't have any money, so he'd give me a golf club, you know. Yeah. But we started going all around. I had an old car. I drove him around. But my joke with him is, I said, you know, we'll be talking to a whole bunch of people. Like, How'd you meet Mark? I said, well, when I first met Mark, he was a kid. I was an old fart then. so you know but i've been with him and now we've been to the u.s open in 2012 because we qualified we were four under par at that qualifier and in this qualifier now we're going to the u.s senior open we shot four under par and we're the medalists i mean it's to me it's like crazy that's amazing and And i I will be following that to see how how fun such diverse and and you can hear the pride in your voice about you know helping mark and being part of that because that truly is you know a team the you know the person caddying you know in the in the golfer it is a group effort you know you guys are working together that's that is great um yeah and i i I learned my caddy business uh really so yeah about that too so, do you have anything coming up that you want to share about? Well, uh, that to me right now is the most important thing I got coming up. Okay, that uh, sounds like it. Is, yeah, is caddying in that, but we, you know, we always have our dog whistle gigs. Okay, and, you know, like we're playing tomorrow night at Yvonne's down in Neptune. But I also play with a guy named Gary Capco uh, in the wonderful the wonderful winos. We're called. We've been playing oh, this nice. uh, Larita Winery for five years on Wednesday nights. Oh, how it's fun. It's ladies' night, and we've we've been there, and it's just Gary plays the guitar. He's a blues guy. He's in the blues hall of fame. Right. And I just play my snare. Yeah. And we do, but we do Steel Mill, and we do Bruce Springsteen band songs. We do Gary stuff. We do, he, he's written a lot of stuff. We okay. do his stuff, but we do old blues, too. Oh. And, and you know, we go through this whole gambit of songs. And uh, but me and him sing, and it's and it's a lot of fun. And, that sounds. Uh, that's something else that I like. Yeah, that sounds amazing. In the light of day, I do a lot of work for them. You're a great storyteller. You're a wonderful guest, and I thank you so much. Um, if someone wants to reach out to you, how can they? Yeah. Well, I'm on Facebook. Okay. Uh, you 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 can't really friend me. But uh, you can get to me through Facebook, okay. Messenger, you know, and I, okay. you know, I respond. Okay. Every morning I look at my Facebook. Uh, that's the best way, really. Okay. Very um, nice. Or see me, see me ready to gig. You know. Yeah. Uh, on Facebook, generally tells where I'm going to be. Okay. You know, playing and such like that. Otherwise, that's about it. You know, I don't have any web page or, or okay. anything like that. So. All right. Well, that sounds good. But, um. As I said, honored. Thank you for spending the time with me. I appreciate it. I wish you continued success. And, man, wouldn't it be fun to win that senior U.S. Open? Oh, ho, 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 ho. Would that, tell me about that. Would that not be, <laughs> you know, um, you, I'm going to have to have you on for you to brag if that happens, right? <laughs> Just, if you that happens, talk, I'm going to call you. Watch it. All right. That sounds good. Um <laughs> Uh, thank you, Vinny. You have a wonderful night, and uh, thank you for all the music and all the joy and for being so active among us, all us Springsteen fans. And 
to uh, you are uh, you are as I said New Jersey royalty and all of us Springsteen fans whether from Jersey or not feel like we are and so I gotta go a big shout out to all them spring nuts absolutely we appreciate it so have a good night sir and I hope we'll talk soon hey thank you very much very cool yeah, we're gonna call you up one day, so brother, you better get ready. Yeah, we're gonna call you up one day, so brother, you better get ready. Oh, pack your things, be ready to go. you had a great time at the seaside serenade oh it was wonderful it was a great event man i was jealous i i've been on stan's tour before well i just told different stories you know i mean stan has stories of bruce right you know, every place that bruce was there well i was there too yeah exactly <laughs> and i have a whole bunch of different stories about certain things you know it's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points. 